Starting and running a business is hard, but you don't have to do it alone. Whether you're an established business owner or thinking about starting a side hustle to earn extra income, I am here to teach you how to show up as your unfiltered self, level up your business, and thrive as a mompreneur. Let's embrace the chaos and start enjoying the journey together. I'm Amy Tra, and you're listening to the Motivated Mompreneur Podcast. Welcome back into the Motivated Mompreneur Podcast. I am joined today by Morgan Motzinger. Morgan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Amy. I'm so, so happy to talk with you today. I am so excited to dive into this conversation and your story because I know only the very tip of the iceberg. So let's start out with the basics. Tell us more about yourself. Who are you and what do you do? Well, back in 1984 on a rainy Seattle morning, <laughs> I, won't, I won't go back that far. Um, I would say that the the bulk of what is going to be most helpful to the women who listen to this podcast is to know that I was a stay-at-home mom for eight years before I started this kind of hobby side business where I thought, hmm, let me just see if I can have something creative outside of my motherhood duties that will give me a little bit of creative control and some type of outlet, something away from um, what I am wrapped up in in my day-to-day with my children. So my, I have three children. My youngest was six months old when I decided to start a decorating business. So I, I didn't know much about the back end of building a business at all, but I knew that this was something I just was going to try because why not? Why not? What have, what have I got to lose? Exactly. So I started, I started doing some decorating jobs, some small decorating jobs for some friends who said that they were fine with being guinea pigs and discovered how much joy I got from helping people create homes that they feel connected to each other in. So from there, I built this big business. I kept getting more and more clients all the time. And I was learning frantically how to do the back end of the business and also just uh, increase my skill level in interior design. And I started, you know, taking on bigger, bigger projects. I was started doing whole home remodels and my husband's a building contractor. And so I was like, Hey, why don't we like join forces? And so we built this business together, opened a retail store and then COVID hit. (laughs) So that was, that was fun. That was a lesson in, you know, being, being prepared for, uh, some things to not go the way that you plan and that's okay. And then what I discovered was how empowered I was through the journey of entrepreneurship. So it wasn't as much about what I was doing as who I was becoming along the way, as I started to build up more and more confidence in myself, that I could learn new skills, that I could really suck at something and get better at it. And that didn't mean anything negative about me. It just meant that I was growing. And I I started to get so enamored with personal growth and with entrepreneurship that uh, I shifted my business pretty drastically recently to uh, to start a podcast and then to go back to school. So I am not an interior designer anymore. I did that for six years, but I'm back in school now to study psychology, neuroscience, and understand the mind-body connection and and how we change our minds to create the lives that are really powerful and meaning to us on an individual level. 
So, so good. Because when it comes down to it, that's more than half the battle is just our mindset, our resilience, our grit, you know, because like you said, you know, when you first started your business, you, we know kind of, at least I think I had an idea of what goes into the business, but then you don't realize like all the nitty gritty. I think becoming a business owner, you realize how much you don't know about business, but that Mm -hmm. you can learn, that you can develop those skills. And my journey was very similar and that my first business was a home organization business. So, you know, it Mm -hmm. brought me so much joy, but it was going through that journey that, yeah, you know, you really do have to dig deep. You do have to become resilient and discover who you are. You touched upon mm. so many good things there. So tell us a little bit more about resilience. How can, as a business owner, we develop more resilience? This is something that is so fun to talk about because like you said, half the battle is in our brains. And I, I would say probably the majority of it is in our brains because most of the problems that we encounter are emotional roadblocks. So if we encounter a problem that something isn't going well in our relationships with you know a family member, a spouse, a child, or the relationship we have with our business, we can always dial it back to something emotionally that we're either not willing to face, we don't know how to manage, or that we're just not aware of. It can be problems. Uh, I would, I guess, I wouldn't even say problems, but things like um, anxiety. How am I managing my stress? Am I taking time for myself to recharge my batteries? How do I feel about that? Do am I allowing myself to do that? Do I feel like I have to always put everybody else's needs first or the needs of my business first? So these are all things that come about as we just continue to kind of bump into these sticking points or we feel stuck in our in our lives or in our businesses that cause us to become more introspective and ask those types of questions. Yes, so true. And because so many people get, they, they hit those sticking points and then that's the quit point. That's when it's, hmm. okay, is this worth it? So how do you get through those sticking points then? <laughs> I I really believe that people don't change until the pain of staying the same is more painful than the pain of change because change is very, very difficult. Our brains don't like change. Our brains are, if we think about like the basic function of our brains is survival. So anything that helps conserve energy and calories in our brains is what our brains are going to do. So this is following the same neural pathways, following the same patterns that we've always followed before, even if they're not healthy patterns, even if they are very unhealthy, they are comfortable and familiar. And our brain says, yes, let's do that. (laughs) So the act of changing the way that we think about things, our brains are going to resist that every step of the way. So even just that awareness that that kind of resistant, that internal resistance is going to come up when we try to change the way that we think about things is very, very helpful. It gives us a level of compassion and flexibility with ourselves when we get frustrated 
at like, why am I always doing things the way that I'm doing? Why can't I break these habits? Why can't I start these, these new good habits? Why, why can't I do these things? Just know that that is your basic biology trying to work for you to keep you safe. And the moment that you can say, oh, okay, you know, thank you brain. Thank you body for doing that. And this is what I'm going to do instead. There is so much personal empowerment there. So the, I have this idea about resilience that is that there are three pillar pillars of resilience. The first pillar is to develop a process. So part of what developing a process is when it comes to resilience has to do with things like time management, habits, building new habits, and then also having a support system in place because none of us are none of us are going this alone. All of us have to have those things in place. And I'm not just talking about you know, the physical support of having somebody available to watch our children as we have to go do something for our businesses. Um, but I'm also talking about the the mental and emotional and spiritual support from the other people in our lives. So being very intentional about who we are allowing to be that close support system for us. So in developing a process, that's the first pillar of resilience. The second pillar of resilience is to gain a new perspective. So when I was talking about how our brains are designed to keep us safe, to keep us in the same, you know, it's like if a, a covered wagon has these beautiful, amazing ruts ahead of them. And if that that is the path of least resistance, if that covered wagon tries to bump up out of those ruts, it's going to be very, very difficult to create a new route. So our, that's exactly how our brains are. It's like, this is the way you've always done it. This is the way you've always thought about it. So gaining a perspective is zooming out enough to understand that many of the things that we believe are just a choice. It's just a choice. And when we understand that we have autonomy and power to choose to think differently about things like, well, I mean, here's some of the, I think, big blocks when it comes to especially women in entrepreneurship is our beliefs about money. What do I believe about money? What do I believe about myself if I have money or if I'm asking people for money? Uh, things like boundaries with our clients or with other people, with our employees, with our bosses or other people that happen to be, you know, in the peripheral on our, in our businesses. How do we feel about setting boundaries with people? So the, the gaining a perspective is about being intentional and thoughtful about the way that we're doing things and deciding if we want to continue to do things like that. Okay. And then the third pillar of resilience is to embrace personal responsibility. This is a really, really, really difficult one, but when people grasp this one, this is the game changer. So we, we do not get to choose the cards that we're dealt in this life. So there are going to be things that come in your life or are already in your life that you didn't choose. You didn't choose your family of origin. You didn't choose any of the difficulties that happened in your childhood. You didn't choose to have um, a, a chronic illness. You didn't choose to, to, maybe you didn't even choose the place that you live in now. So if we know that there are things that we don't get to choose, the more time that we spend stressing about those things that we don't have control over, the less empowered we are. So we start to look at these lists and say, okay, which things do I have control over? 
And many people have a difficult time looking at that because we know when I look at that, this means that I'm choosing those things. I'm choosing those things over and over and over again. And that's, it is a hard pill to swallow, but when we understand it's very, very difficult, but when we understand, okay, I actually have a choice here. If I want to continue to do these things this way or not, everything, it's a game changer because then all of a sudden possibilities and opportunities open up before you. It, It truly is. And once you take it from that point of view, knowing that it's a choice, that is the total game changer. I know for myself, it was, it was a choice I was making to stay stuck in a career that no longer gave me fulfillment. You know, that was a choice and yeah, that's a hard pill to swallow, but I was making the choice to go back time after time because I thought I was stuck. Hmm. But so Amy, what was the, what was like the, this is such a fascinating thing to me because I've, I've often wondered what is that moment or that circumstance, those circumstances or the order of events that kind of got you over that. I think probably the big hump for a lot of people is fear. It so is what is it for you that got you out of a career, a long career yeah. in a good industry right. that made you decide to take that leap into entrepreneurship? I think it was just like we talked about taking that step back and becoming super self-aware, learning, okay, let's question fear. What is worst case scenario? Well, what's best case scenario? Is failure a thing? No, it's just redirection. There's always going to be ways to make money. This life, as you mentioned, it's a journey. And sometimes it's not an easy journey. It can be extremely hard, but life is short. And you know what? I'm going to have a whole lot more regret if I don't go for it, if I don't do the thing. And I've got two little ladies looking up at me modeling what I'm doing, modeling behaviors that they're seeing. They're learning how to cope with life and adapt based off of how I respond to life. And that's, you know, that's a heavy load to carry as a mom, but it's like, you know what? Yeah, no pressure. (laughs) Right, exactly. Like I want at the end of the day to not have any doubts. Like, nope, you know what? I tried my hardest. It's, I very vividly remember when my daughter was learning how to ride her bike. She got so frustrated. She kept falling off and she's like, I'm not good at this. And it's like, I was just starting out in business and telling myself, you know, I'm not good at this. I can't Mm. do this. And it just hit me like, wait a minute. Why aren't I talking to myself? Like I'm talking to my daughter. It's like, well, no, you're not good at it because you just started. You're not going to (laughs) be amazing at something overnight. You can't just pick up a bike Mm. and ride. Same thing. We're on a journey and we're constantly learning and evolving and growing so we can live an extraordinary life. Because as you know, we, you were sharing with me prior to recording, it's it's been a journey for you as well. Yeah. A lot of unexpected twists and turns in those journeys. Mm-hmm. I think that's true for, I think that's true for all of us. You know, the, the only two things in this life that we're guaranteed are death and change. Yeah. And, uh, when we understand 
like really understand. And I, I think that probably the reason why this happens to, to men and women who, you know, start to approach midlife is that, I mean, for a number of reasons, but I think one of the, one of the reasons why we start to have these like bigger questions and start to make some dramatic shifts in our lives is that people that we love start to get sick. People that we really care about and that we're close to start to pass away. And it just brings into sharp focus whoa, like this, my mortality is ever in front of me. And since that is true, what am I waiting for? Right. What am I waiting for? Why, why am I relegating myself to making decisions or being in a career that isn't satisfying? Why am I, you know, continuing to do these things that I, I know aren't good for me or these, these secrets that I have like tucked away in my heart of things that I really want to do, really want to put out into the world, but we've keeping, we've kept them boxed up because of fear, yeah, because of fear of judgment or, or fear of success or fear of failure. And when we really have before us this deep understanding of how desperately short this life is, it strips away some of those you know, big, big resistance points or those excuses why we're not doing the things that we really want to do. Yeah. And I, you know, anybody that's, um, has listened to any of the episodes of my brand new podcast <laughs> called PS we expire. It's, it's very much about this, this very thing, how short life is. And I had a living example of this with my oldest daughter, when she was three years old, we got a diagnosis for her of a life-shortening genetic illness that we couldn't do anything about. There's no cure. There was no treatments at the time. And so we watched our child who had gained all the basic skills of a, a typical three-year-old start to lose those skills over time. And over the next 11 years, we had you know, medical appointments and specialists and feeding tubes and surgeries and all of these things that were outside of completely outside of my control. And knowing that her life expectancy was mid teens really made me ask a lot of questions, not only about what my job is as a mom, but also questions about what is my purpose here? What is this deep longing in me to do something that is that makes an impact, a positive impact in the in the world, not just in the world at large, but in my community and in my smaller world of my family? And one of the answers to that was that last piece, like I said, about the personal responsibility as a pillar of resilience. It's it's like I don't I don't have any control over what's happening to Annie. The only thing I really have control over is what's happening inside of me, how I'm responding to my circumstances, how I'm choosing to look at this. And some days are, you know, more difficult than others to, to have a, an outlook that, that serves me really well. And I'm, I don't even just mean like a positive output outlook because toxic positivity is no good to anybody. You know, we really can look at the hard things and say, oh yeah, these actually are really hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I had this, I had this amazing reminder to me of what is most important in this life and understanding that my job as a mom wasn't to keep my child safe 
from all the things because I, I literally couldn't. But my job was to make sure that she knew every day that she was loved. And I wanted every day to be a day where she got to do things that she enjoyed that felt like they lit her up. And so not only was I finding ways to do that, but I started to extend that same kind of measure to my own life to say, okay, every day I want to put myself in a position where I know that I'm loved from myself. I have, I have healthy self-love that I know that I'm loved by the people around me and that I'm doing things every day that make me feel alive because this life is short. It truly is. And it's something we take for granted, but going through the journey and embracing it for what it is and learning from those things, look at where it's gotten you. You know, when we are able to look back on our journey, it's at that point that we can connect those dots. It's when it all makes sense. Okay. You know what? this made me more resilient. I am more Mm. powerful and resilient than I ever thought Mm. I would be, that I could be, that I was capable of. And there is so much value in every single one of our journeys. And we just need to learn to embrace it because it's powerful and it can help someone else on their journey and making that journey a little bit easier. Mm. So good, Morgan. Incredible, incredible episode. You are just a phenomenal human being. And I'm so glad that our paths have crossed. Where can we find more about you? Thank you. I'm I'm really grateful to Amy that we were able to connect in this way. Uh, I am pretty active on Instagram. It's Morgan underscore Motzinger. Uh, my podcast PS We Expire is on Apple, Spotify, and then I do all of them as YouTube episodes uh, so people can watch the videos of these as well. Um, Of course, morganmotzinger.com. I have a great freebie on there, which is an ebook called Know Thyself, because as we were talking about, uh, so many times we go through life just, you know, doing the next thing that we think we're supposed to. And the first step to really crafting and building a life that really aligns with us is knowing what in the world we actually want. We need to know more about ourselves. So this is an ebook that I will help you write via prompts, but really is the best self-help book that you will write because it is the one that you write about yourself. So for any anyone who is interested in delving more into the journey of greater self-awareness. This is a fantastic tool for that. So it's at morganmotzinger.com and the free ebook should pop up pretty quick. Perfect. Such great resources. And we will link that all up in the show notes. So until next time, mamas, stop dreaming and start taking messy action. You've got this. Are you loving what you're hearing? Do us a favor and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. 